This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We uh, we follow each other on Instagram and communicate from time to time. So I'll let him know he's got a that this is like this is a mandatory stop for him. Hundred percent. It should be his annual stop as well. He's just a great dude. If you want to set that up, that'd be dope. We love him. Yeah, he's our fantasy quarterback time and time again. I always end up starting him somehow. I don't regret it. Guy, you know, it it doesn't it it doesn't matter what the situation is. He's gonna he's gonna produce. It's gonna be it's not gonna be pretty always. It's gonna be gritty. It's gonna be gutty. It's gonna be scary if you're a fan of the Commanders. But I mean, I I, we we can talk about on the show, but it's just. Him running on the field was such a breath of fresh air. And I'm not rooting for Wentz to, like, you know, be done for the season. But, man, it was nice to see number four back there. I, I mean, did you see, like, the way that McLaurin was acting on the side? Like, McLaurin was ecstatic <laughs> that he was the quarterback. He was, he was so happy. We're just recording, guys. Yeah, and if I think you we know should. this voice, it's Mark Ellis. He's leading the charity stripe and guest appearances. We're banning the intro-outro. Throwing caution to the wind. Mark, this is the, this is also the last show we'll do together where we're on zoom this is it oh, i will geez. i will not stand for it any other way where we're not in person now that we have this new deal the new studio you had my heart in my throat there for a minute i thought i was being i thought that i was done i thought i thought, <laughs> I thought just, we were gonna ned stark you i, I thought i was being dropped i, I thought no. much like when you go in the fantasy waiver wire and you're like you know what i don't need two defenses this week let's get rid of ellis but to see the studio for everybody listening to the show, it's it's exciting. I get to see the boys all in one shot. And uh, every time I come on here, the empire has matriculated further and further. The I empire. feel like y'all are now officially in the red zone of sports podcasts. And if taking me in the studio is what it means to punch it through the goal line, let's effing do it. Yeah, that's what I, I'm saying. I want to get a touchdown. What would your touchdown dance be? I know you've thought of this. It's not going to be the gritty, okay? It's thank you. If if you put me on the spot, which I would doing. probably go with my childhood, which would be if I just woke up and I found myself in the end zone and celebrating, I would probably just do the icky shuffle. Um, I <laughs> I don't hate handing the ball to the ref. If that's it, it's not the most exciting thing. I don't hate the idea of of Barry Sanders, John Riggins, Rigginsing it. But the other celebration that I always loved, and I can't remember the first who did it the first time I saw it, was I think a running back scored, and all the linemen came in and sat in a circle, and they played duck, duck, goose. Oh yeah, those are fun. That's the group sellies are dope. The group sellies are dope. The Vikings did like a group selly where they did like eight sellies in one. They just like you know they blew the whole playbook out in, in one touchdown. All the I think it was a defensive touchdown. Honestly, the what do you think it, of the guys? It better have been. That's a little overindulgent. Overindulgent. What, what do you think of the? Speaking of overindulgent, I had this thought last night watching my New England Patriots get absolutely bamboozled by the lowly Chicago Bears. Bamboozled's the right word. That, that, that was a tough game. 
Thank you, brother. Uh, what do you think about the defensive sellies? And this is for every, Mark. We'll kick with you first, since you know you are a guest, but you've been a guest so many times, you can almost lead it with one of these guys. What do you think about the defensive sellies in the end zone? And then I'll give it to my my co-host here because personally, I think the running to the opposite, the is running zone. to the opposite, is getting out of hand, in my opinion. Not to play my cards, you know, kind of out in front of everybody, but Mark, what do you think about the <laughs> run all the way to the opposite side of the field and talk to the fans? It warms my heart to see the three of you growing into your destiny as old men on rocking chair who hate new things. <laughs> Thank you. I don't Speak you know, I was thinking about here. it this weekend because I actually watched the Packers do it against my beloved commanders with that pick six early in the second quarter. But I will say that I don't necessarily hate it because so few times does the defense get to celebrate something collectively. I actually like the running to the end zone and celebrating for the fans over the trend of the last couple of years, which is we have this huge piece of jewelry that whoever committed the turnover gets to wear on the sideline. (laughs) I I don't hate the turnover chain, but I prefer a group activity. I'm, you know, I want to be a uniter, not a divider. I want everybody to feel included. And I feel like and, and it also takes the pressure off because when you score a touchdown as an offensive player, there is pressure to have a good dance or to involve your teammates. The, the defensive turnover, it's just everybody running the end zone. And it's every it, we're just we're just happy to be there. That's <laughs> always my tenet for life in general. Is I'm just happy to be here. So I am in support of the celebration that requires running an extra 70 yards of a gasser during a game <laughs> just to show off for the fans. Can I switch sides now? I'm so sold on that. I might that you fully <laughs> sold me this pen, dude. I, I, do I'm you guys like in. the turnover chain? I yeah. I think the turnover chain's stupid, but I do enjoy a group selly. You enjoy the group selly for sure. Okay, I'm back. I could get back on the group selly. You're indifferent have, towards both. Act like you've been there. No. Oh yeah. I'm I'm always You're an, big act. Like I'm you've a been big act like you've been there before, <laughs> which is the biggest the biggest rocking chair take you can have. I I do appreciate, I like the way you put it, Mark, where it's like, it's a team endeavor, right? Like playing defense. It's not just one guy. It's all of you collectively. So to celebrate together makes a lot of sense. Um, It'd be like the quarterback, you know, handing the ball off to the lineman. Like I always appreciate that when it's like, no, you were the guy that made that happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm in for the camaraderie. Anytime you get a lineman to celebrate, defensive or offensive then it's a good day i also enjoy the touchdown celebrations that involve other sports where tony gonzalez until i think for like a year they decided to make it a penalty for some stupid reason he would dunk the football in the goalpost he was a former basketball player alfred morris used to do the home run Mm -hmm. when he scored a touchdown what i would do is let's say y'all are on my team i get in the end zone and I score a touchdown. One of you is going to play me in tennis, and the two other fellas are going to be kneeling on the side, and you're going to be the ball boys, and you just run in <laughs> in between. I think that could be a lot of fun. That's nice. And we could even have like some of the big offensive linemen get on all fours and like be the net, like a human centipede type deal, but they're just the net. I mean, you're a movie guy, so I mean, it's only if they, did a, if they did a Halloween human centipede. <laughs> you would completely stymie the progress the league has made with having fun again and yeah. we would go back to hand the ball right to the ref or else it's a 15 yarder yeah. what are the odds on someone doing the thriller dance this weekend when when they score it's got to be really it's got to be favorable oh, right? yeah. for halloween like we need like an older school guy to do it though like i would say like <laughs> I mean, you think at this point there's enough young guys in the league that they, they don't even know thriller 
No, they know. They know it. They yeah, know it. no, they not saying they don't know it. I'm just saying it's not top of mind. You need someone like Keenan Allen or up to do it. If he plays. If he plays. <laughs> That's right. Okay, let's talk some actual football though. Because Mark, your 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 team lives in the NFC East, and it might be the most surprising division in all of football. You have the Eagles, who are undefeated, arguably the best team in the NFC, top five in the NFL. You have the New York Football Giants, who are running you, me, and Dupree out at wide receiver. Yet here we are at six and one. The boys tosses boys are five and two, and your Commanders. Heineke in went out for the millionth time in his career, unfortunately, but you know we saw it coming. Rodgers comes into the nation's capital. And the offense can barely score a point. Commanders win. What's your take on the division? What's your take? Can your team make the playoffs? We're actually having this debate in the office today. Can you feasibly see the commanders making the playoffs on a riverboat run? It was a, a wonderful victory over the Green Bay Packers this past weekend, particularly because the Packers were coming off, I think, a very surprising loss at home to the Jets. Yeah, so I was watching that game. I mean, you talk about surprise teams this year. It's both New York squads and the Jets beating them at Lambeau. I was like, oh, this is going to be a revenge game for Aaron Rodgers. This is going to be rough. But the commander stepped up and I feel like they could be a playoff team because I don't quite trust the New York football giants yet it it, they've won the the way that they have been winning is impressive. Brian Dable has totally reshaped that offense and that fan base, not to mention Daniel Jones's career prospects, Mm -hmm. but I still feel like they're in a lot of close games. They've been trailing, I think in the second half in, in I think five of their wins. And usually when you see stats like that, it tends to even out as we get further and further into the season. So it's very impressive what they've been doing. If there's one team that I don't trust as far as what their record says in the NFC East, I would go with the Giants. And before the season started, I thought people were slurping the Eagles a little too hard. And I'm not afraid to say I've been wrong many times. This is one of them because the Eagles look so good. They look so together. Sirianni and, and Jalen Hurts seem custom made for each other. Lockstep. is stepping up. Defense has been um, great. And, 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 and even the Cowboys, I mean, the, the run that they went on with Cooper Rush, you talk about having a quarterback come in. Did. I, I'm doing as much as I possibly can for you, Toss. I, I, you know how much this hurts <laughs> my heart. And, and seeing Dak Prescott, I thought the Lions were going to give them fits, and they didn't. It might be that time in the year when the Lions do their patented, man, we really played hard for our coach, and now we're just going to be the Lions again. So there, there's still a lot of surprises left, but I feel like the Giants are the team that I don't trust as far as their record goes. And so I do think that there's – it's a slim chance, but I still believe in the commanders in this young season. I like that. And I think we also are a couple Eagle slurpers as well. As you're, <laughs> you slur, you're slurping on the Eagles a bit. Uh, you're slurping on the Giants. I don't slurp many things, and it's definitely not the Eagles, but uh, I, I think they're good. I've been to a ramen restaurant with you, dude. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. That. I, I slurp ramen. Um, good. I'll, I'll I'm in on the fun. Cowboys. Yeah. I think the Cowboys are going to end up taking that division. Yeah. I think that there's going to be a comeback to reality moment for Philly. Um, and of course for the giants, as you mentioned as well, but it is competitive. It's good to see that division start to really flourish because those are the biggest brand in football for the most part, mm. right? You got America's team in there. You yeah. got the big, bad Philly, you got New York, you know, Washington has always had a historic franchise. <laughs> I mean, it's Washington, come... we're always in the news. Yep. Always in the news. <laughs> One way or the other. One yeah. way. January 6th. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that the Cowboys with Dak Prescott getting healthy, with the receivers finally getting healthy, I think those guys come yeah. on top at the end of the Love year. That. 
Love and even change. with Dallas having to contribute to this, which, as you know, hurts my heart, the fact that the NFC East is not the, the basement division in, in the NFL this year, I think is surprising because I, I still think a lot of people are like, I, who's going to be worse than the NFC East? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it's weird to say, but the NFC West, I don't know who you can really trust in there anymore. No, and we said today. The, the, yeah. the AFC West has your, your, your big guns with Kansas City. But everybody else in that division, it, it looks like more of a question mark than a, than a period and certainly no exclamation points outside of what Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey and company are doing in Kansas City. Yeah. And I mean, I I wipe my cheeks with the AFC and NFC South. Both of those are just absolute garbage divisions. Yeah, nobody loves that more than Tom Brady right now because he can he can continue to I don't know what's happening to him physically. I don't know what's happening to Mike Evans's hands. I don't know what autographs are being not given to refs after games, but the Bucks being in the NFC South is the best thing for them because they could this could be one of those divisions that gets one like the NFC's was a couple of years ago. Losing, record. losing record. Yeah, no. I mean the Bucks, it's just so bizarre because <clears throat> And I want to get your take on after seeing the Packers up close and personal, which team you're more concerned with green Bay or Tampa Bay. Cause that's been a big debate of ours. Both these teams every week in and week out, Nick, like was Nick is like, are you still pissed at me? Or are you over it? For what? <laughs> the, the Buccaneers giants debacle. You're over it a little bit, right? Are you still frustrated? I'm still pretty frustrated. Okay. Honestly. So I'm glad that you're honest with me at least, but I, I would have lost. You would have lost because I took the Patriots over the oh, Bears. Okay, so I feel less bad at a survivor pool, Mark, that I was in, uh, where you have to pick two teams each week, right? It's a, it's like a, a new up and coming survivor pool because like everyone already got eliminated, so they gave you like a second chance of redemption. And Josh talked me out of taking the Giants over the Jaguars to replace them with the Bucks over the Panthers. I mean, to mm. me, it was talk about a get right game for the Bucks. Yeah, that would have been my pick. Either that or the Pats would have been my probably my pick this week. And I had I had the Pats as well because you'd pick two teams. So yeah, yeah. So on Sunday was not happy. Was not happy on Sunday. Ball don't lie a little bit. And sometimes you know you just gotta listen to you just gotta listen to your people and decide. If everyone in the world gives you two cents, you have hundreds of millions of dollars. At that point, it's your decision what to do with the money. You know what I'm saying? My, that's what a wise man once told me. That. He was also, that's an interesting path. It's a wise man that once one. told me that he was also homeless. So take with that what you will. Um, so, sometimes yeah, the wisest the, ones are the ones that may the be living in, homeless man in, in Venice. Yeah, he was also ordering an air fryer. I don't understand how that's possible. Talk to me about the uh, Packers we, we, versus the yeah. Bucks. Which team do you have? How about go positive? Which team do you have more faith in? Kind of right in the ship. I still have more faith in the Bucks because okay. a the division they play in is a big deal. And I think sometimes as much as we want to look at the, the, the landscape of football and we want to go macro, I, I never liked that coach speak that it's, it's, it's not one play that loses a game for you. you no, know, sometimes it is exactly one play that loses a game for you. Sometimes it is the missed kick at the end or it's executing uh, third and 10 when you're trying to have a game-winning drive or it's one of the first plays of the game and Mike Evans drops a wide-open touchdown. I'm sorry. If he catches that touchdown, then we're all still alive in our survivor pools, okay? That, that was the first drive of the game. If he catches that bomb from Tom Brady, I think they're off and running and I don't think the Carolina Panthers win that game. With Green Bay, they had a lead. They had a lead against the Commanders. And they, they couldn't cash in on it. And we've seen time and time again when it's, when it's Aaron Rodgers 
time to step up in the fourth quarter. He doesn't trust anyone. He looks like he hates his own team. He's sort of like, like dad who hates his kids and doesn't want to come home. So he puts in extra hours at work. He doesn't want to be home. And he doesn't want to raise this family of youngsters that are his wide receiving core. <laughs> so the Packers, I think long-term might have more fruitful prospects in the coming seasons because Aaron Rodgers is a little younger. He's signed for a couple more seasons. They could build in draft. This is the last run for Tom Brady. I think that writing is on the wall, but I have more faith in them writing the ship because they don't have to deal with a team like the Minnesota Vikings in their own division. Should they revamp spouse swap or wife swap, whatever it was, and just have Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady switch places? Is he still with Shailene Woodley? No, 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 no. not like in relationships. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like Aaron Rodgers goes to Tampa and Tom Brady uh, goes uh, to Cambridge. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I've always good... wondered what would happen if if for some reason I woke up one day and had Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback or Josh Allen as huh. my quarterback, what the rest of the team could do with someone like that. It's a fascinating experiment, but I really don't think if you swap those two quarterbacks, I feel like both teams would benefit from the change in energy. I think Tom Brady is much more nurturing at bringing along young players. So he would fit better in green Bay. I think, he just I think cares Aaron Rodgers likes balling out with stars like you have in Tampa Bay. Right. I think he just cares more like in green Bay. Aaron's just been so pedestrian, just been kind of chilling on the sideline. His receiver drops the ball, just kind of just rolls his eyes. Doesn't say much, but Tom Brady gets on you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. At least right now his tempers at an all time high with a divorce going on. Mm. You send Aaron Rodgers over to a team like the bucks with a bunch of established vets and stars Yeah, and an offensive mind. You know, I think maybe it's a little different situation. They both benefit there. I don't know what y'all's philosophy is when you're out at, at a bar and it, maybe it's a birthday party, you're celebrating something, you're just getting together with a bunch of friends. Um, when I am done, I'm done. And I don't necessarily want to say goodbye to anybody. I perfected the Irish goodbye sneak out. I just leave. I just leave. When it's time for me to go, I know I don't try to suck it up for one more drink, talk to one more person. I just go. Both Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady look like they've hit that point in the season where they just want to disappear. If you could snap your fingers, I think that they would just have taken this year. They, they look like they so do not want to be there. And that's why I don't think that they write the ship. I think the Bucs might backwards walk their way into, they could moonwalk their way into the playoffs. But the Packers, I know that everybody was prematurely jumping on the Packers and celebrating their death last year after mm -hmm. one game, one bad performance in New Orleans. We have a much larger sample size now. And I think the commanders are a better team and I also root for them, then people give them credit for. But Aaron Rodgers does not look like the right guy to lead this particular group of young men in Green Bay. Could not, maybe going forward, they rebuild and, and, and they figure out, you know, he has a full offseason to work with some of these guys. But again, he had a full offseason and he went to go to Hiawaska instead. So I, I, I don't know what... I, I don't know what the fix is. Yeah, he's getting trippy wizard. Do you guys ever hear about people who like take hallucinogens or like dmt ayahuasca whatever it may be and they live like a full life of like i've lived a 70 year old life and i've seen you like I've on the trip yeah like yeah. i've seen like myself be born and reborn again and had a full life like i feel like aaron Rodgers has had a simulation of the rest of his life already now he's back to reality and he's fully checked out yeah well if that's the case he saw his whole life and he still saw only one super bowl ring so he's like what am i even doing here all right. Yeah, well, I just facts. get to the next phase of my life. Yeah. But let me just get a crappy haircut. 
<laughs> it's a weird haircut. Haircut right? sucks. It's, it looks it's good. It's slick back. Slick back. It looks good. I mean, the way it is on the sidelines, it's this is a really random reference, but it's worse than it's worse than Alfred Payton's hair when he was on the Magic. I mean, that was it's a really oh random, God, obscure a deep cut. It's a deep yeah. cut. That is a deep cut. But that's the worst haircut I could ever think of in sports. It's just the fact that it pops like when he has the helmet on, it's popping out of the it's, ear it's hole. Like, like bizarre. It's, it's really weird. I mean, he looks I, like he's going on a quest. I heard the last season of Peaky Blinders was not good and Ugh. he's got the peaky blinders haircut so he's clearly he's a little bit behind the times can right you, like yes when you did you see the last season of peaky blinders mark i have failed all three of you gentlemen because last time i was on the show we talked you about said how you I were gonna to watch peaky peaky blinders i'm not the biggest man look there's a lot of content that has come to my attention okay you have severance you have the patient you have my weekly rewatchings of The Last Dance. I have a lot of work to do <laughs> before I get to Peaky Blinders. So I'll do Thumbs my best. Thumbs down on Severance. Really? Really? Ooh. Not a fan. Wow. I, my okay. only takeaway is I kind of had a crush on the, the lead actress, and that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. But you I'll know, be honest. She's... That was like my biggest takeaway. Like outside of that, like I thought the concept honestly was pretty interesting, and we'd love to see that in real life. Yeah. But I, outside of that, like the actors are great, amazing. But the story and like everything was like, I don't know. I'm not a big Westworld fan. And it was very similar to me. I love Peaky Blinders, but you're right. The last season disappointed, uh, disappointed it to say the least. Absolutely blue chunks. Have you seen The well, Watcher yet? I started The Watcher last night. It's pretty good. I started The Watcher and it's it's good ish it's all it's hilarious because i just i love how this family moves into this idyllic community and instantly within a day they've somehow made all of their neighbors despise them it yeah it it tickles me to know and how uncomfortable it must be to live in that weird house with everybody around you gunning for you and you can look at the quarterback situations of both tampa bay and green bay in that nice callback, dude. Wow. You're, you're just not clicking with the rest of the community. And that's the case with both Brady and Rogers. But the same could be said about at least the concept that everybody can agree on is cool severance, because I feel like I'm dealing with half of Aaron Rodgers and half of Tom Brady. If you look at them at their apex, we're getting the severed version of them. They're just here at work. They're starting to ask questions about what else is life offering me. Aaron Rodgers loves to travel. He loves to do experimental stuff. Good for him. Tom Brady has a cool $37.5 million waiting for him annually the day he steps down from playing football. So I think both of them have an eye towards the future, and maybe that is infringing on their present. But I do like the one difference between the two guys. And I was gonna, I was thinking about this is like when I watch Aaron Rodgers play, I never know what's going on in that guy's head. I've never had the the privilege of being able to have a conversation in person with him or meet him but I still can't ever get a read on him. Whereas Tom Brady, I know what he's thinking. He wants to win every single football game that he's in. And like, I can't, if Aaron Rodgers threw a pass five yards to the right intentionally, I wouldn't put it past him <laughs> like incomplete on purpose. I wouldn't put it past him. I don't, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. You don't know what's going on because maybe I, he just doesn't love football as much as Tom Brady does. But I don't think Tom Brady loves it as much as he used to dude. All like the, well, weird, you don't love it when it's not working out for you. The social media stuff, like in the, the, the involvement in video and all of that and the, and, and all these, after he came out in his documentary, 
that he really took on on his own as his own narrative and was like, I don't know if I'm being a good and attentive enough father and put that notion out into the ether. And rather than make the switch and be like a family man, pretty much doubled down on what he called himself out on is now back in there. All like I've seen him do a couple Instagram videos, TikToks. It's like he's kind of like veering off into like the entertainment space, similar as to like LeBron. And I I don't want to take credit for this. This is a Lamar Odom take. I was happened luck fortunate to be privy for. He said that LeBron, who's constantly talking about you know selling his entertainment business, buying a team in Vegas, his mind's not necessarily on the court. Right. Like I think so. I think the ventures. I think your biggest. I think first of all, great tie-ins, and I don't <laughs> want to go unnoticed that the thriller uh, option that you brought back in there, or the moonwalk. Sorry to the thriller. That was a really great, another good callback out of you, Mark. I, I try. I, I just I want to be invited back. I just, I just want, want to be. I know. I know you want to be invited back in and not Ned Stark. And I wanted to give you your due that I we all caught on. Okay, have you ever written a screenplay? I have never attempted to uh, to write a screenplay. Writing is not currently in my wheelhouse, but. Store development might be there. I feel like, well, that's if you so had, what, not to tease it, but Toss has a very interesting question. Well, no, 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 Mark's Mark's he's about to go. He, well, here's what I'll say about about writing a screenplay because, like, for stand up, yeah. I write all my own material, obviously. So I, I do a lot of writing, but here's the thing as you get older, and even you young bucks are going to figure this out at some point in your lives, your life doesn't necessarily change course as much as it just gets bigger. So it's not like you're on a different track entirely. The track is just wider. And so you have more responsibilities, more things to focus on. And I think that Brady and Rogers, just as late 30s, mid 40s men are experiencing that with their families, with their relationships, with their career options, because the world is so much more open to them as they enter the twilight of their football career than it was when they were just balling out in their 20s and well into their 30s. And so I think that you're just watching two human beings exist. And a lot of times the sports fans, we don't always give the credit to our favorite athletes as human beings versus right. just being football players. And I think sometimes you have to remember that there is a human element to all of this. And, and sometimes those are the moments that we celebrate. Like when Favre won on Monday Night Football the day after his dad passed away. That, that was a human moment yep. that we all could rally around. But a lot of times things going on in your personal life, they're completely separate from what's happening on the field in your 20s. And you can't always pull off that magic trick into the last few seasons of your career. For sure. I think I want to I wanna add a little bit to what I was talking about with Aaron Rodgers. When I, when I say, oh, I think sometimes he intentionally throws five yards to the right. To me, that's like, it's like, he's like chaotic neutral. Like, I, I kind of like that about him. I kind of dig that. Like he's the, sometimes he feels like the master of puppets out there and he's manipulating everything else. Like when he, go, when he says in the post-game presser, like, like we're going to rock Buffalo this weekend when like all indications that they're from a performance standpoint, Buffalo is the best team in the NFL and the Packers are not necessarily even a top 15 team mm-hmm. that he said he has that co- like, I like that about him. And they They're, totally could like this. Yeah, could be like, yeah. Like that could be the get right game for them. And I wouldn't be shocked. Like, would I be, would I be surprised if they lost like 30 to 10? No. Would I be surprised if they won like 28, 21? Honestly, no. Like he's got that. He's like the Joaquin Phoenix of sports. <laughs> I that's a great call. I, I think that they play much better than they showed against the commanders. I still think the bills take the win, but I think that you're going to see a little more of a competitive gutsy Aaron Rodgers. But the other thing about just his attitude in general is that 
it's when you're rooting for the opposing team, Aaron Rodgers' personality is terrifying in the first quarter because he's always cool and calm and relaxed. And he's just given nice thumbs up. He's given winks. He's given nods to the refs, to the opposing team, whatever. And when you see that and his team is losing, you think, oh, this guy's checked out. He doesn't care. But that same exact demeanor when everything's rolling means this guy has this opposing defense in the palm of his hand and he's just toying with you. And sometimes mm -hmm. that is scarier than when you see the intensity of a Tom Brady, because Brady, I feel like knows what the defense is running on the ensuing play. Aaron Rodgers, sometimes that guy, I feel like he knows what's coming the next quarter. He just seems sometimes like this wizard that is seeing so far ahead of everyone else. And I think that's why we talk about him with the same reverence that we do Brady, even though Brady has so many more rings, in fact, seven times as many rings as Aaron Rodgers has, but we still speak about them in the same light. I mean, I think earlier this season, even there were two goats that they brought out physical, actual farm animal goats touting a matchup between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And it's like, okay, one's the goat and, and another one's an all time talent, but come on here. I'm sure that prompted the, uh... A valiant member of PETA to rush on the field. <laughs> what are they what, doing? Go, what the roosters? Yeah, I, I had this shower thought the other day, and it was like when PETA people rush to like I if you support what you want to support, like I can't be like, oh no, like I'm I I'm against you on that because hey, if you want to stop animal cruelty, it would be weird for me to be like that's dumb. Like it's a, it's an understandable assessment. Am I still gonna eat a burger? Yeah, sure. But it's always bizarre when they like run onto the field in like Kansas City. Like as if they're going to sway any of the people in that arena. Like everyone there is a bunch of meat eater barbecues. Like, so I never under like the football fans that they're going after or like the stage they're trying to take people are there eating sausage and getting drunk. So I never really understood the people rushing the field for, for PETA. Well, to me, it's the same reason that I don't think Chick-fil-A's business model works as far as closing on Sundays, because it's yeah. a super religious company. You closing on Sunday is not going to make me more religious. I'm not rolling up to Chick-fil-A on Sunday, see that they're closed. And then I'm like, well, I guess I'll go worship instead. You know, exactly. like it, it, it turns me off to the concept even more because it's infringing upon my right as an American to get delicious chicken seven days a week. That's I, and, and you know what? Ironically, the day I want Chick-fil-A the most Oh, you need Sunday. It. Oh, you're hungover. Like, oh, you need it. It's like uh, a little hungover on Sunday. And it's so uh, ironically the, the day I need it the most. All right, Mark. Um, I will say it has delineated like a certain crop of people that are just 10 times smarter than all the rest of us who go on Saturday and bulk buy and then have it on Sunday. And we're like hungover and we're like looking at you. Some, you bulked by before. I've never done it. I'm saying I someone else. Someone else I, has I, done it and they are twice in my life. Twice in my life, I did it. One time I did it just for a random NFL Sunday. I think I had done a show Saturday night and I was driving home by Chick-fil-A and I was like, it's time to do some forward thinking for once in your goddamn life, Mark. Plan ahead. And I got chicken. The other time. You double dipped though. You double, You had to have double dipped. Like you had to have gotten chicken for that night and also for tomorrow, right? I'm not going to have that chicken in my car for a 20 minute drive home and not dive That's in. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. of course. I yeah. prepared for that moment Weird. and for the moment ahead. The other time I did it, Merry Christmas. I did it Christmas a couple years ago. Wow. And it was arguably Christmas like came early clucks. We were all isolated away from our families. And it was just me and the dog eating Chick-fil-A, watching football nice. and basketball on Best. Christmas Day, celebrating the baby Jesus. That's <laughs> that that is awesome. I yeah, I mean, I almost a real quick little anecdote. We were 
producing a podcast for a basketball player a couple months ago and it was on a Sunday and I thought I was going to be like the homie and put in the group text with him like, Hey, what do you want from Chick-fil-A? And right before I sent it, I'm like, Oh wait, it's closed. Yeah. <laughs> on Sundays. And I like would have looked not only would I have not looked cool, I would have looked so lame for like not knowing that it would have been a, a huge L, but I stopped myself. Uh, we ask all our guests to close the show, Mark, the same question every time you've probably been asked it nine different ways, but Toss actually came up with a great question last night for you. And I was stoked for him to give it to you. <laughs> thanks, thanks. I've really been building this one up. So, oh, we yeah, talking- this is exciting. You, you, no. you had an opening act for your question. <laughs> we were to I'll pro- I'm not going to delay and ladies the, and gentlemen the- Alexander Tsopolis <laughs> yeah uh like Harry Carey I felt hey, like that was that, that was like Tom Hanks or like Tom Hanks and Elvis have y'all seen the new Elvis no, no I haven't interesting this interesting is my Tom this is my Tom. Tom Hanks and the new Elvis I that think I it was seen. certified fresh hey, everybody was it not certified fresh interesting way to talk it was an interesting way to, to view Elvis um and have have any one of y'all three seen the movie yet no. I've, I've seen it yeah I have not. The, the the concert scenes are unbelievable. It is a certified fresh film. 77% of the tomato meter. Get this, 94% with the audience. So the audience really wanted to see Elvis, and they got them some Elvis, even though the story is told largely through the eyes of Colonel Tom Parker, played by Tom Hanks. Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. If I knew it was more foghorn Leghorn, I would have gone, yeah. gone a different route. It's right. here's, hard to tell here's... the difference between him and uh, Daniel Craig and Knives Out. <laughs> that's a performance. That's, that's a performance, though. He's parodying it, right? Like that's intentional in that one for Craig. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I, I would say so. And and Knives I Out. So. I'm I'm excited about Glass Onion, the sequel to it. Drops on Netflix later this year. First Knives Out. I think 97 percent certified fresh. So that's a that's a movie everybody got got on board with. I love it's, it. it's on. I want to go see that in theaters. What I saw the last Knives Out in theaters, and I was that was dope. It was a good experience. I want to watch it on Netflix. You, might live There's in the another right out coming out yeah because, oh i didn't know that yeah yeah and, and it's dropping on netflix sometimes they'll do a very limited theatrical release just to get that oscar buzz going so if i hear of screenings that are on the big one i'll let you fellas know you know where to find us question time <laughs> all right here it is the question of the day here we go mark so we were talking about how you've never written a screenplay but we're going to change that and we're going to give you a okay. project a little bit of an okay. assignment i kind of want you not no pressure but as like a homie now i kind of want you to like i would never i would rarely say that to people i think you do a decent job i can't show up to your studio empty-handed so maybe this script if it speaks to me now again i'm <laughs> going to give you some artist lingo i interview a lot of uh, you know entertainment personalities, and one of the things you hear sometimes is the the, the 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 script spoke to me. It leapt off the page, or the concept really spoke to me. So let's see if the concept speaks to me. Here's here are three concepts for you, and you can choose which one you think you're best suited to write and would like to write. So Jesus. one is Brian Robinson's return from gunshot wound into playing yep. this season and succeeding. They won't give him comeback player of the year because he's a rookie, but I think he should be in consideration. It's a tremendous story. Yeah, I, I don't like. It's like hardball without the the death, basic basically. Uh, if y'all have seen, that's a good. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a great movie. You you love hardball. Hardball is great. Michael yeah. B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Mike MBJ and Keanu. It's also a little bit like Hard to Kill, in which uh, Steven Seagal goes into a coma for I believe up to a decade, and then wakes up and can still kick ass. The Brian wow. Robinson story is such a a harrowing and heartwarming tale at the same time so you're really you're cooking up a classic sports movie there this 
we're sure. the, uh, shades of American underdog here. That's an early contender for my favorite, albeit it's the only pitch I've heard so far. Okay. <laughs> Number two, Daniel Jones and the Day Bowl Giants, a bounce back story. It's another comeback story. It's Daniel Jones. It's nice. Day Bowl. It's, you know, it's McConaughey leading the thundering herd. There's a lot of coach moments where we get to really fall in love with this guy. And then it's Daniel Jones, and it's uh okay. maybe he is a starting quarterback. I don't know if it's McConaughey leading the thundering herd because the entire <laughs> Giants team didn't die in a plane crash. Oh. So, but I'm I talking mean, about I'm philosophically talking about how, though, they kind of did. The coach is an integral piece and possibly the most important piece in the movie. How about Miracle? I I want to hear the third thing. pitch. But I'm I, I I have another movie that I could compare the Daniel Jones Brian Dable story Please. to. I have another movie. We'll get there when we get there. Let's My hear ducks. the third pitch. Okay, the third pitch is this one's a little bit more. You, you know, like the director will take some creative liberties with this mm, one. Yeah, you might be the writer and director of this. I think it would bode well for the film. Sure, uh, just in general, God, that's a lot of work. A hot a hot rod esque like parody type movie but it's Russell Wilson in Denver. So <laughs> he's the main character. It's all about him. And he just loves football, <laughs> the Lord and Broncos country. Let's ride. <laughs> and does he think that everybody loves him back? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Rod. And Very I like socially to unaware. Very yeah. socially unaware. Like I would love the different perspectives almost. <laughs> but tonally, this like movie. Schmucks. Th- yeah. This tonally, this movie is completely different. It would be more so on like the, like we're going for we're going for can we're going for you know like the vancouver film fest like it's a little indie ladybird kind of yeah no see i'm writing the russell wilson broncos movie as a as a family comedy from the perspective of it's like a road trip flick where the dad is really excited to go on this trip but (laughs) nobody else in the family really wants to go because they think dad is just so ridiculous and so cheesy to the point where they don't even want to be seen in the same room as as Ooh. their dad. And what movie this reminds me of is a Disney classic known as a Goofy movie. This wow. Russell Wilson is Goofy and everybody else on his team is like Max, Max's age. And they just want to be cool in high school and they don't really want to be associated with a nerdy guy like their dad. Mm. So. What I will tell you about that that particular pitch is that if we're comparing each one of these sports stories to an already made movie, a goofy movie is fresh at 61%. However, you compare the Brian Robinson movie to Hardball, and I would compare the Daniel Jones, Brian Dable movie to The Replacements, where Daniel Jones is the Shane Falco character, Brian Dable is Gene Hackman, both Hardball and The Replacements are tied rotten on the tomato meter at 41 percent wow they don't love g baby i guess they do not love G-Baby. he doesn't give enough love from sports fans sports movie watchers as he should because those movies are both fantastic yeah that's true and you could someone even the matrix is like borderline sports movie from with the karate <laughs> you could yeah, definitely I, I i like that the van you just opened is what is the most sports non-sports movie I, yeah, there's definitely I mean, uh, there's definitely like 
yoga if yoga is a sport there's a lot of yoga in the matrix a lot of bullet dodging that's like what i'm saying like, like yeah. matrix is bullet on sports movie for sure um i will say i would love it i love the idea of like it, the dad on the road trip type a little thing. bit of clark griswold vibes there the dad on the road fair. trip fair type thing except usually like an, like an are we there yet it ends well for everybody like what if it like it was like a family like oh like they're not into it but like you right when you like anticipate they're about to buy in nah no one buys in and the season is just a failure and like right when they're a- about to buy into all of russell wilson's mantras and idioms that's when russ makes the bad decision to say all right guys let's all go to subway on me and they're like nope <laughs> nope we're out and then we're jerry out. judy goes to miami and then jerry judy's off and in do you free. think do you think when like if russell wilson goes to the park like with his kids yeah and they're like playing tag he goes like to the other parents like it's a run it's a run like he's like <laughs> like you know he calls out every single play on the sideline yeah he's been doing that oh really That's, every game he's too involved it's too much it's overbearing it's like he needs to take a little of aaron Rodgers and aaron Rodgers. they need to like kind of meld a little bit the two of them that's what you i would talk say. about the you most what? surprising things of this entire season though the, the jets and the giants is a shock aaron and tom struggles but Seattle and Denver and the way that trade has gone thus far in the season has got to be the most surprising thing about the Definitely. 2022 NFL year to me. I've got one more mover for you. Hot tub time machine-esque. Okay. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, to get in the hot tub to try to cure all their demons, to try to, 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 write the re- <laughs> to rewrite the narrative of what's going on and just comes down to Aaron Rodgers giving them a bunch of ayahuasca so they can find themselves again. Wow. And they uh, get, they're tripping such balls that they think (laughs) they're back in the eighties and they're all suiting up for either the bears of the eighties, the Niners of the eighties or the dolphins of the eighties. There's our movie. Let's see how Aaron Rodgers does with Mark Duper and Mark Clayton. That's awesome. (laughs) Love that. All right, Mark, just in case they don't already know, tell them where to find it. Tell them what's been cooking lately. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff cooking over in uh, Ellis Manor West here, fellas. The dog's good. The shows have been good. Stand up. I tape my new stand up comedy hour in Los Angeles on December 3rd. Two shows. You can get tickets at markellis.live. It's at the Dynasty Typewriter Theater. Um, and um, in addition to uh, some touring stand updates I have leading up to that taping of the special, I have the Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong podcast where I host at Rotten Tomatoes every week with uh, my dear friend Jacqueline Coley, who is a cheesehead. So we're going to have a lot to talk about on the next show. And, Send her uh, over, dude. Send her over next. Oh, she'd love to hang out with you, fellas, because she's really good at giving life advice. And I'm just kind of here to like recap what's already happened in my life. She's that what we're really streaming? she. <laughs> She's going to steer you right. And maybe Jack and I can work on the screenplay <laughs> together. We'll see which one she wants to do. And um, we'll, we'll try to whip up a treatment for you. I have a, I have a final yeah, parting question. Not a parting thought, really, Mark. But <laughs> has anyone at one of your stand-up performances ever thrown a tomato at you and said certified fresh? No one's ever thrown rotten vegetables at me. I think but like, I was born but in, a co- in a complimentary way, though. Not you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you certified fresh. Like, so, yeah, because that would be like kind of an ultimate compliment in, for someone in to call you certified fresh. The same way that like the Foo Fighters fans used to throw Skittles at them when they play a certain song, and until the Foo Fighters like, guys, we get it, you love us, please stop. 
Um, I wouldn't hate a tomato maybe making it out when I've taped my special, maybe at the late show, not the early one, because then I got to do another show. But maybe right. the late show, we can end it with I, I do my final joke as I'm dropping the mic. A tomato just hits me square in the face. It's a pretty good way to stand out amongst all the comedy specials that are currently being released. That's awesome. Well, we'll see. We'll start getting the arms loose. <laughs> we'll sit and you'll see us in the audience, but we'll all be in like different areas. So you really won't know where it's coming from. I want to know who has the best arm. Yeah. Nick has the best arm for, for yeah, sure. Yeah. For certain. Not even close. Uh, the your arm's arm. Yeah. The uh, Nick's arm's best. The, <laughs> we'll be there, though. Go check out the special. Mark, we're going to go look for tickets ASAP Ferg, and we would love to. We would love to see that. That's awesome. For sure. Appreciate you, fellas. It'd be great to have you all on stage, like doing the uh, the three hour pregame show. It gets the Super Bowl. Just talking about all the different elements of uh, of what Mark and, and is he going to riff? Is he going to stick to the material? So I, I mean, I really love twist you guys our arms. So we'll hop in there for a cool we'll, tent. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll do human Tetris on the stage if you want to. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever you, you want, need, dude. We, 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 yeah, we'll be your boys. We'll be Tetris answers. Human Tetris is the next great celebration. We need. I, mean, the I was zone. thinking Bring that it is- all back. I was thinking that as soon as we said it. Yeah, that's but, good. But like they'd have to have the bird's eye cam to like really capture it. And then like, you know, you could jump off from like the the sideline and, and you could maneuver the Tetris because you're the Tetris king. Yeah. All we have to do is get in the NFL and then we can make this happen. We're yeah. close. It's close. close. Nick's close. got the best arm. Yeah, Nick's got the best <laughs> arm out of that note. Mark Ellis, we'll see you next time, brother. You guys rock. Peace out. Peace out. And now this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.